What's going on? It's Charles Botenston. It has been a while since we've done a book review. Welcome to an absolute banger that we're going to be going over today. This is a very topical topic for people post-COVID going on and the years to come, which people had all of these habits that they had going into COVID, completely flipped it upside down, and now they have those bad habits going outside of COVID, and that's not good, okay? So, I'll tell you a little bit about my backstory. Then we have our notes on the Remarkable 2, which is a great product. And we'll go over what he talked about and we'll talk about my story first and the reason why I decided to pick this up. So about last year, it came across my Amazon recommendations. I said, okay, it's COVID, we're locked indoors. I'm in New York City, we're hit pretty hard. No one could do anything. Everything is illegal to do. You can't even breathe and don't eat, just stay indoors and be scared. So what do people do when they're scared? They start going to vices, okay? So they start going to pornography, they start going to overeating, they start going to gambling, drinking, everything that you do not want to do as a habit outside of COVID. COVID lasted a lot longer, over a year and a half, or not over a year and a half, it's definitely over a year until New York City started becoming back to normal. We're in July, mid-July, it started in March, so that's a long time for people to not have good habits continuously reinforced day over day, and drinking is one of them. I'll give you a story. I remember watching early on, I was down in Florida, I spent a little bit of time in Florida while it was going on, because New York City was going haywire with COVID, and... I turned on the news and they were talking about this guy. This is only like April, right when it started. So it was like March it started, April was the next month. It was only 30 days in and the person on the news was talking about, it was just a normal person getting interviewed and he was talking about his friends were bragging about how early they started to drink. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Then fast forward to my experience is that, you know, we're Irish, um, we had a, we have a bunch of family members that unfortunately alcoholism took their life. So my mom said it runs in the family. It's not in our genes. There's no gene that says alcoholism. Okay. It's just the environment that's created. Okay. And that's what he talks about is that, um, you know, we'll get into that in two a second. We'll get a little deeper into my story, which is, so I returned back to New York. I can't even work. It's illegal for me to work. I'm in real estate. So for three months, five months, actually, I'm, I'm not able to actually do my job. Then it starts to reopen. No one's buying in real estate. I'm not busy. There's no business. People are fleeing. They're getting the hell out of the city. They're getting out of Dodge. And business is really shaky, to say the least, okay? Bills are still due. Overhead is still due. I am not making any money, okay? Things started to pick up, but during those five or six months, from March till about April or November, I started... I, I, I discovered a website called Drizzly. Drizzly.com, you get alcohol delivered. Okay, that's not good, okay, as I discovered, because you don't have to go out, you don't have to be embarrassed, someone just drops it off to your house, whatever you want, at any time, any time during the day, it just gets delivered, especially in New York City. So I just started getting on this unfortunate just paralysis of reading bad news, social media, this whole internet environment, and then you just go deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole of just... Um, numbing yourself throughout the night. And I prided myself in 2019 of being the most in shape I've ever been in my life because I was training for triathlons. Then 2020 hit, I had a big year planned. I wanted to go to Lake Placid. I was going down to Indiana. I had about four races planned. They all got pushed back. And then I pushed the other ones back because I wasn't able to actually go. 
all right, because I wasn't trained enough. Um, the, as they talk about in the book, is that once you have one vice, it usually leads into something else, okay? Pornography leads into debt. Pornography leads into overeating, or overeating leads into alcoholism, or alcoholism leads into loneliness, or loneliness leads into some other vice of even harder drugs of, say, cocaine, or even gambling, or some other vice that's not helping you at that moment, okay? Being destructive, being negative, uh, being depressed or anxious, stressed out all the time, all right? This isn't just a, a nuclear thing, unfortunately, and for me, is that I took it to an extreme where literally every night I was drinking, every night, and it hit probably a year in, and I just decided to stop for a little bit. I went to St. George. I raced in St. George as an Ironman for an Ironman. I stopped for those three months because I said, I want to be prepared for this. And I came back and I just hit the bottle even harder. And for me, who prides himself as this personal development guy, this guy that's read over a thousand books, um, you know, just does things where it's optimized. And I started losing sleep. My heart rate was going through the roof. I was getting anxious during the day. My heart rate during the day, I was doing simple runs, half an hour runs, and my heart rate was through the roof. It was like 165, 170. It's crazy. I never had it at that unless it was like July and I'm on a two-hour run or a six-hour bike ride, not for a 30-minute run that's like zone one, supposed to be zone one. And then I just noticed like, dude, you're addicted. You can't even kick this. So I tried to kick it and then I couldn't sleep for three days. And what I, what I understood is that your, your, the alcohol actually leads you to be able to sleep easier, but you're not sleeping deeper. Okay. You're not getting REM sleep. It's, it's putting you to sleep. Okay. It's numbing you to sleep. Okay. But it's not actually making you go deep into sleep. And what I noticed is that I'm addicted. Okay, I'm addicted to this. Okay, this is, I'm an addict at this point. If I can't stop for a night and get good sleep, that's not good, okay? And like I said, I prided myself on this. It's a very vulnerable moment to be talking about this, obviously very publicly, but uh, it's part of my story. So Amazon ran it through my recommendations in 2020. I said, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this under control. So I read the book and I had a buddy that went to AA. And he then continued to drink, but not as much, okay? And as the book talks about is that you're really not denying yourself anything, okay? By drinking, not drinking, okay? I mean, by drinking, I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of people say that the willpower method of AA, sorry, I have something in my eyes, but AA talks about willpower, okay? And what Alan Carr talks about is that you have to lose the desire the desire to drink. Otherwise, willpower will eventually take over because in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I deserve it. I just got a promotion. It's a tough day. I should drink. In other words, willpower is always going to go away. We don't have infinite willpower. Just, just read all of the willpower books. Kelly McGonigal, um, you know, the willpower instant, okay? Willpower is something that is just finite even during the day, let alone over months of time of trying to get bottles away. You go to a wedding, you go to a party, you go to a bar, it's a sporting event, you go to a concert, alcohol is going to be there, okay? And as he talks about is that it is so ingrained in our society that we have illusions behind it. We have illusions that it's a poison. It's a poison, okay? It's an antiseptic, I think he talks about. And 
what, what do antiseptics do? Okay, antiseptics are, are supposed to numb pain. Okay, we're, we're trying to avoid pain, but unfortunately, we're going into it with the drinking. So let's go over the points that I have. I know that's a long-winded story, but this is the first point that I highlighted. So if you want the entire highlighted book, click the link below in the YouTube description, and it is it's probably a, a 10 or 12 minute read, but it's it's highly it's it's very very it's worth it. So the first thing is we deny that we have a problem and thereby deny ourselves the opportunity to solve it. Okay. So this is, this is actually in AA 101 is that you have to admit I have a problem. Okay. I have a drinking problem. Okay. And if you can't admit that you can't solve it as he talks about. Okay. So the first thing you have to admit is if I'm in debt, I'm in debt. I'm overweight. I'm overweight. You have to admit the problem fully and grasp it and emotionally attach yourself to that because otherwise you're not going to have the emotional fortitude to change. Okay. But if you logically say, Oh yeah, no, I'm in debt. There's no oomph behind that to change. There's no oomph to say, I'm going to become a non-drinker. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start saving money. I'm going to pay down my debts. There needs to be this emotional. And for me, that emotional oomph came when it was a Sunday. And I told this to my coach, my triathlon coach. I said, I missed another workout. It was like, a string of three weeks that I missed workouts. And she's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And I said, it was on a Sunday and my resting heart rate, resting heart rate was like in the eighties or nineties. Okay. That should be someone that is doing a brisk walk. I was just sitting on the couch. I was totally freaking out. I was like, this is crazy. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going to go to the hospital, something. I'm like, this needs to change. I'm getting goosebumps as I talk right now because it, it, it literally hit where I need to change this right now. It was emotional. It was impactful. It was, um, I'm still getting goosebumps. It was just one of those moments that enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm ordering this book and I'm going to abide by it. Number two, let's get one thing straight. Alcohol is an addiction not a weakness. This is not a weakness. Okay. As he talks about, it could happen to anyone, rich, poor, strong-willed, weak-willed, intelligent, stupid. It doesn't matter. You know, you hear, you hear it all the time, especially from celebrities going to rehab. You know, this person went, this, this sports star is addicted to painkillers or, or something else. And you're like, what? Really? They're at the top of their game. They're, they're an A-list movie star. How are they addicted? It could happen to anyone. It's not the bum that's outside. It's not the, the person that's running around and like screaming insanities during the middle of the day. That's essentially what you are except at night. You're the one that's making it socially acceptable to do that, but in a bar, but at a sporting event. Just think about that for a second. You're that person. And, and as he talks about it, you're that person, except it's it's accepted at night. It's accepted in the evening to be a little bit belligerent. It's accepted to not remember any of your thoughts or how fun it was. Okay. It's accepted to numb the pain and the sadness. Okay. And ironically enough, as he talks about in the book is that what you're trying to run from is actually what you're running to. You're trying to run away from the anxiety, the stress, all these things, but you're running towards what's actually giving it to you. That's crazy. That's like the gambling guy who says, I want to quit, but then keeps on doing it because that's how he gets his fix. I heard something else from someone that was absolutely brilliant. And they talked about that the drug is keeping the addict alive. That's what's keeping them alive. 
you know, the gambling, the addiction to whatever it is, okay, it could be gaming, is keeping them alive. I go to work, so I look forward to drinking. I go to work, so I can game at night. I go to work, so I can gamble or overeat or whatever the case is. The addiction is keeping them alive. It's, it's crazy, okay? Every time we hear someone that has made an attempt to stop but failed, it reinforces our belief that stopping must be difficult. This has to be one of the most impactful things because I had a buddy, as I said before, that tried to quit. He's back drinking. It's not as much. But as he talks about in, in the book is one drink or numerous drinks. It's just the, the, the level or advancement you are into alcoholism. Okay? It's a poison. Okay? We have to lose the desire. Okay? Am I going to drink in the future? Probably. Okay? But I'm not going to do what I did. Okay? And there's a big distinction is that I had to lose the desire to drink. It's not based off of willpower. And he gives you the desire to stop drinking based on actual logistical facts. He goes down, oh, I have an addictive personality, or it runs in my family, or it's part of the genes, or it's, and he just goes down and he just handles each objection. Okay? I actually had to go back because it wasn't clear enough when I got to the book that I wanted to stop. Okay? It, I, I, I needed to implant this. I printed out the notes and I had to reread it. It was about another 18 minutes of reading all of the notes. Okay, again, it's, link is in the description. But we make it like it's difficult. Okay, you literally, all you have to do is just not drink. All you have to do is just not put the bottle to your mouth. Okay, no one's giving you a gun. No one's forcing you to do it. And when you think of it that way, you literally say, holy shit. I have the agency to stop drinking. I have the agency to not put the bottle to my mouth. I have the, I have the agency to not buy it at the liquor store. Because once it's in the house, it's going to get drank. It's the same thing with food. Once you buy the food, it's going to get eaten in the house. It starts at the store. It starts at the liquor store. Continuing on. We are brainwashed into believing we can enjoy life without alcohol. He talks about the illusions. This is one of the most powerful things in the book, is that we have this entire societal illusion of numbing ourselves every single day. It could be through social media, it could be through getting likes, it could be, again, I've brought up the other ones, food, alcohol, porn, addiction, gambling, uh, gaming, it doesn't matter. All society's built on is illusions of numbing ourselves Okay, it's built on illusions of not making ourselves more happy. It's not built, in, built on ourselves to make ourselves more content by giving back or growing or getting a better body, better relationships, improving our finances, improving uh, our relationship with our kids, our spouse, our wife, or our parents. It doesn't matter. Society, it doesn't matter. It's all an illusion. It's all online. Everything online is an illusion. Everything in person has been created to numb us into whatever your Drug choices. What is it? What do you want it to be? You know? And when I thought about it in 2019, when I really left the lifestyle of eating like shit, on drinking too much, on going out on weekends, in 2019, when I took on triathlon, I noticed two things. That I wasn't thinking clearly for all of my life. I was going out on Fridays to make sure that I was hung over for Saturdays so I wouldn't have to go on a long bike ride that my buddies invited me to. But I told myself I'm hung over, I don't need to go on a bike ride, and then I would eat bad food. So not only are you poisoning yourself the night before, you're hung over, 
you eat bad foods, you're, you're poisoning yourself again with bad food, and then you're not even exercising. That's what you're doing, Charles. That's what I was doing. But I was lying to myself. I was in this illusion. But don't worry about it. You know, other people can be healthy. Other people can stop drinking. Other people are not hungover on Saturdays. Um, how about the people that are most content with the lowest resting heart rate that are going to live the longest? Those are the happiest, all right? And as he talks about, no one forces you to drink. I remember the first time I had it. I was, I was at my buddy's party. I was probably a, um, actually, I had it before, but I didn't like the taste. You know why I didn't like the taste? As he explains, listen to this. Listen to this quote. In the days before our food came all wrapped and labeled, we had to go out and find it. We had to taste it. We had to try it. How did we tell if something was good food-wise, if it was good or if it was bad? We tasted it and we smelled it. If we found a fruit that was unripe, it tasted bitter and we spat it out. If it was overripe, it smelled bad and we wouldn't touch it. When you took your first sip of alcohol, the reaction took place. Your taste buds detected poison and your instincts rejected it. Instincts rejected it. But as he talks about your friends and family, your society says, it's an acquired taste, just keep on doing it. We have this entire environment created in its illusion. We are poisoning ourselves, we're drugging ourselves, we're spending money on things that are harming our bodies, our livelihoods, our well-beings, our happiness, our contentness. We're losing relationships, we're losing money, we're losing all these things. We got one life to live and it's all illusion. So it's losing the desire based on why are you drinking, okay? So my coach asked me, you know, I, I thought about it. I said, you know, why is it? I, I felt because there, there was no accountability the following day that I had before COVID. My accountability was I would have multiple people at the office and they would be there. And if you smelled like booze, you're hungover, you had an interview, you had, or, um, you know, you're pitching for business or, you had a meeting, they wouldn't know. You're, you're not full in, especially as the boss. You're not, you're, not, you're not at full steam, okay? I know this is a long review, but honestly, it changed my entire mindset about a lot of things that we deem as acceptable. And it's acceptable to have a drink, but unfortunately, when we're binge drinking, like I did for almost my entire life, and then it exacerbated to an advanced stage during COVID, I noticed, dude, you don't want to go down early, okay? You are numbing yourself and pleasures and everything that comes with it, and you're seeking something that's actually killing you and poisoning you and not doing anything. Broke up with my girlfriend. It had nothing to do with that. We just decided that we weren't good fit for getting married, things like that. Wasn't good. Listen to this. This is very, very, very important. Stress and nerves are a sign. They're a sign. Stress and nerves are a sign that we need to do something to take care of ourselves. If we remove that warning sign with alcohol, the problem doesn't go away. It gets worse. And so does the stress. The stress increases. Let me just say that again. We put topical solutions without actually going to the root cause. We take pharmaceutical drugs 
that are not actually taken away. Hey, listen, you got to lay off the alcohol. You got to lay off the meat. You got, you, your body's too acidic. That's why you have gout, okay? You, you have visceral fat. It's dis-ease of the body. Your liver is shot, okay? We're trying to say, as they talk about, we're numbing the stress in the nerves when we're not taking care of the stress in the, the nerves. Is it debt? Is it relationships? Are you unhappy with your life? I'll give you this. You know, I, I know we're pushing a lot of time, but in t- 2018, when I decided to actually start to do, it was actually New Year's of 2019. It was actually New Year's Day. So it was January 1st, 2019. And I was just actually t- talking to this girl on a date and I was telling her what got me into it is that my entire life was fine. My entire life was fine, okay? And as Mel Robbins talks about in her incredible TED Talk, Mel Robbins, go watch her TED Talk. It's one of the top 10 or top five viewed of all time, tens of millions of views on it. And she just talks about it. She says, yeah, I got a fine relationship. Yeah, my sex life is fine. Yeah, my money's fine. My job's fine. All these things are fine, fine. But they're not good. They're not great. They're not excellent. Everything's just average. Everything's just settling. When you're not able to actually ingest those emotions, no change is gonna happen. You feel anxious, you go to your cell phone. I'm gonna go to Instagram, I'm gonna go to TikTok, I'm gonna numb myself with alcohol. That's essentially what we do. But instead, silence is the key, as Ryan Holiday talks about, all right? That's what the Stoics did, all right? And that actually what changed me in 2019 is that I went in with this underlying, just like drip drip of everything's fine. My job's fine, my relationships are fine, my body's fine, everything's fine. But nothing is to the level I wanted to. Humans were meant for growth, we're not meant for stagnation. Here we go. Imagine you're tricked into consuming a large amount, oh, imagine you're tricked in consuming a large amount and suddenly found yourself unable to think, move, see, or talk, talk properly. Do you think it would be relaxing? Imagine you took something, and you suddenly found yourself unable to think, move, see, or talk properly. That's what alcohol is. Here's the last thing I'll leave you on this. When you're desperate for a drink and finally get your hands on one, how long does it take for the sense of relief? You finally get that drink. How long does the sense of relief take? Minutes, hours? Nope, it's an instant relief. And as he talks about, ironically enough, is that it takes six minutes for alcohol to reach the brain. But when you have your first drink, it's an instant relief. So is it actually the craving, as he talks about, is it the craving is relieved or is it the actual alcohol? The desire, we need to leave the desire at the doorstep. Because we're not craving alcohol. We're craving, we're, we're craving the relief of it, but it doesn't hit us for six minutes, yet it's instant. Just think about that for a second. Highly recommend you guys pick this book up. It's going to be hopefully, you know, a game changer for a lot of people during COVID. I know some bad habits, including myself. I uh, were registered and have continued. However, I'm starting to break those, as the Lincoln Park says, breaking those habits. And I got to tell you right now is if it's smoking, he's got a great book on that. If it's food, he's got a great book on that. If it's alcohol, here it is. All right. 
pick up the book, click the links below, goes to Amazon, you got the affiliated links, and then you also have it to the website. If you guys have any questions, leave in the comments below. It feels really good to be back doing uh, book reviews. We have a probably about 25 or 30 on deck. It might even be more. So these things are going to be coming out at a rapid rate. If you guys have any recommendations, head over to iCharles.com. Let, let me know what they are. Book reviews. I have six or seven Kindle books lined up already, but I'm always, always, always learning. So it's good to be back. It's good to see you guys. If you have any questions, leave in the comments below. Have an amazing day.